Welcome to the podcast of Revival Fires. This week's message by Trevor Baker is entitled, Positioned to Hear God Speak. We invite you to come and join us at our regular morning meetings on Sundays at 10.30 a.m. at Revival Fires. Visit our website for full details. Yeah, it's great being home. I haven't got into the sleeping patterns yet, but it is good to be home. When you, you know, been sleeping on planes, um, in jeeps, wherever you can get a few minutes, should I? Uh, I think in the 10 days we were there, um, that's including all the traveling. I think Sharon said, because Sharon keeps um, kind of all the times, I think we spoke 20 times in meetings, and then there's all the outside the meeting, so... You know, it was an amazing time for people to hear my voice. So, uh, but now you've got it this morning. So if you've got your Bibles, turn with to Samuel chapter 3. And while you're turning there, I want to read to you from John chapter 10. And it says, the watchman opens the door and... The shepherd enters and the sheep hear his voice. Hallelujah. It says that a stranger they won't go to because they don't know the voice of the stranger. It says in Hebrews chapter 1 verse 3, Verse 1, it says that at former times God spoke to us in various ways and in diverse manners by the prophets, but in these last days has spoken to us by his Son, who is the exact representation of his being, the fullness of his glory. And he holds everything together by the word of his power. And so here we're talking about God's voice when God speaks. And I wonder, has God been speaking to you? Because I believe God wants a conversation with you. Hallelujah. God wants to speak because he wants you to know that he is the good shepherd who lays down his life for the sheep, who leads them out, and he also brings them in. And so there are times when we have to leave the comfort of the sheep pen and we need to go out and then there are times when he brings us back in. Hallelujah. So we are the sending as well as the gathering church. Do you understand? It's all in there. And so here in this passage about this, the, um, when God speaks, and then I just ask you some questions. How do you hear God's voice? You see, some people, they're wanting an audible voice from God, and yet there's so much that God has already spoken, and he doesn't need to tell you again. See, when God speaks... See, do you read your Bible every day? Well, if you don't, let me tell you, it's a good thing to do. Not from a point of religion, but it's a good thing to do because it is a principle that Jesus lived by. Man does not live by bread alone, but by 
that proceeds there you've got it how many times do you eat a day some of you are so fat on the outside but so skinny on the inside now I know some of you would rather be skinny on the outside and fat on the inside well start reading God's word listen this is simple you know, there's, see, do I need a word to tell me that I need to give when I come together? Of course I don't. Why? Because God's already said it. I don't need a special word for those things. You see, so often we're asking God for special words and His word is already established. Do you understand? And we just need to be obedient to what He says. But there comes a time, it says in that passage that I told you to turn to, it talks there that in those days, the word of the Lord was rare and there was no open vision. And so there are times when there is a rarity in terms of God speaking. What is something rare? You know, we come from Kidderminster. Kidderminster has got um, Roland Hill, who was the um, inventor of the penny post or the post system that we have today. I remember when I was at school, we used to get little packets of stamps out of comics and you could save um, stamps. And if Ken was here, I can't see him, but if Ken was here, he's got whole packs of them. And, uh, but you see, there were, you could buy them and they would say, there are rare stamps. What did it mean by that is that there weren't many of them. And so here when it says the word of the Lord was rare, it was that there weren't many words that God was saying. It says in Amos chapter 8, I think it's verse 11, it says, but I'm going to send a famine on the land. A famine not of food and bread, but a famine of hearing the voice of God. And so when God speaks, you see, when he comes to speak to us, how do we hear? Well, there are two things. I've mentioned the one. And it's just a good practice to read the Bible. I mean, I can't get any more basic than that. If you want to hear what God has to say, just read your Bible and ask him to reveal through his word what he wants to say to you. It, it really is simple. And we don't then need the, you know, give me a shandy. You tie my bow tie, I'll tie your bow tie. You know, we don't need all those super spiritual ways in which God can speak. Sometimes God speaks very ordinary. Do you understand? And let's, let's embrace that as well as we wait in anticipation for the extraordinary, the unexpected. You know, as in the prayer time this morning, that Julie was um, seeing Diane um, in her new home. And as they were talking, the window was open. And all of a sudden, there was noises going on. And then they realized it was teams that were shouting, but it was unexpected. You didn't expect to hear it in her home because there was a football ground just down the road from her. And they could hear when the team scored. 
unexpected. It's unusual. You don't usually hear it. Why? It's rare. Why is it rare? Because they only play there once every two weeks or thereabouts. But when they do, you can hear something. So we want to be open to the unexpected. But you see, how does God speak to us? Well, he speaks through his word and he speaks through prophecy. So remember in Ezekiel, and it talks there, it says, he um, showed me the scrolls and he says, eat the scrolls. And as I ate them, they were sweet to my taste and they were a fire in my belly. See, God's word is a fire. Listen, if you're struggling with things, let me tell you, you eat God's word. That is, you feed on God's word and the things that you're struggling with, it will burn them up. See, if you're struggling with swearing, let me tell you, God's word will burn them up. It's all you have to do is eat it. If you're struggling with addiction, whatever it is, his word in you will burn it up. You see why? Because it will renew you. It will renew you into his image. What you, what you look at, you become like. Well, his word is a revelation of Jesus. Am I getting there? Yeah. And so here, he says, your word, you, you gave me the scrolls and I did eat them and your word was sweet to my taste and it was like a fire in my body that I could not keep in. Yeah. So it becomes explosive. <laughs> you know, not with indigestion. Explosive with the word of God in you. Knowing a word that's able to sustain weary people in a time that is fitting for them. Can you see? So there is the, there is the scrolls, but there's also the pro- prophecy. That is the spoken word. We value the prophetic word here immensely. That's why we have prophetic teams. That's why we do prophetic, cha- um, prophetic teaching. And it's so that you can speak God's word into people's lives. And as you speak it, it's relevant for that particular situation. We never want to lessen that fact. But you see, the two go together. You need the written word, the scrolls, and you need the prophetic word, the rema, the now word, the timely word that's just for you in that time. And so as you look at it, the one is internal. Sometimes we call it the inaudible. That is, you don't hear it. You know, so often, so many times, I don't hear the voice of God. But I hear it inside. Sometimes it seems like it's me talking to myself. The inaudible voice. And, and as I'm pondering over things, I hear myself talking to myself, but then I realize I'm not that wise. <laughs> Any of you felt like that? Yeah. You, you just get something and you think, where did that come from? And you think, wow, you know, God, I'm just getting a little bit more wise. Then you think, no, you know, it's like the, the donkey. I remember Sharon saying this, the donkey, you know. The donkey that's got Jesus on his back and the, the donkey hears the more shouting, Hosanna, Hosanna. And the donkey's like, his pick up and he starts to sort of trot down, you know. Because <laughs> he thinks they're all shouting for him. 
And then the little boy says, silly donkey, it's not you they're shouting at, it's Jesus on your back. You know, sometimes when you, inter- when you hear the word of God inside, we can think it's us, but it's too good. Yeah, it's not like the person who plays the piano and says, you know, you know I, I said to somebody recently when I was in India, you know, you played the guitar really well, not me, the Lord. I said, no, it wasn't that good. You know, I mean, because we get so religious, don't we? But there is that internal. That's when you eat the word, when you just absorb God's word, when you read it. And listen, that's all you have to do. Sometimes you just have to read it just every day. You know, and as you read it every day, you think nothing sticks, but it does. And later on, you think, where did that come from? And it's because you took time to feed yourself on his word. And when you needed that piece of God's word, he just breathed on it. And it came to life. See, that's the internal word. And then there's the audible. That is when God speaks and you hear him. It's like the atmosphere reverberates with sounds of his voice. Do you understand? And so with that, that is the audible. Now let me tell you, I know there are people who say they hear the audible voice of God as if they're having a meal every day and they hear it three, four times a day. I don't. I wish I did, but I don't. But I do know that still small voice. I I do know it. And my sheep know my voice. Can you see? Sharon doesn't have to shout at me in the house. Sometimes she does. That's when she's cooked breakfast and I have to come. (laughs) Um, But there's so many times we can be doing something in the same room and she only has to look. And I know that it's tea time. She wants a cup of tea. Can you see, she just look. She won't even say anything. Or there's times when, you know, she will look and it's the look of hunger. And she wants me to go and, you know, get some cheese and some crackers or whatever, you know. But, but there are times, but see, that's, that's when you know presence. My sheep know my voice and another they won't go to. Sharon doesn't shout to me around the house. Or if she does, and if I do, it's because we're in different rooms and we have to make our voice heard. So we're not in close proximity. The further you are away, the louder he has to shout. Hello? So if you're wanting, if you're not hearing God and the only way he can get to you is by shouting at you, let me tell you, get back into close proximity because then he doesn't need to shout. And so here, you know, when God speaks, there's these ways in which he speaks to us. But we just have to give him time to speak. You know, there's times that for me and Sharon, we give each other time to speak. 
You might not think it with me up here most weeks preaching away, you know, thinking, I wonder if Sharon gets a word in, word in edgeways. Let me tell you, Sharon holds a good position. And when she wants me to hear something, let me tell you, heaven and me will not stop her telling me. Okay? And so here, if you're waiting for this booming, audible voice, that so often we need to move back into close proximity. See, and, and I say this just quickly, when we were moving from Telford to here, I heard the audible voice of God to set up revival fires. It was just like God was in the room and he was talking to me. I'd spent some days um, fasting. I've told people it was 40 days. And then the last three was just on water. That was water, um, just on juice. And then the last three days was water and his word. And it was after that I was expecting God to speak, the booming voice of God to come, and it didn't come. And I was quite disappointed. I left the room going home thinking, God, you hadn't spoken. I get outside the room and I hear these words as distinctly as somebody just speaking to me. Like Sharon was in there and I heard these words, come back in here and I will show you what you'll spend the rest of your life doing. As clear as that. And I went back in and within a matter of maybe 10 minutes... God had downloaded enough to me to keep me going until I take my final breath. Now, he's never come back to me to speak in that way. Do you understand? I have heard him since, but not like that. And so there are times we just need to be aware. And I want to make it so easy for you to connect with. Because sometimes you have an expectation that is beyond even what God has for you. Yeah. Yeah. And you're expecting God to come in one way and he wants to come in another way. Yeah. You see, so here, as we read this passage, let me just finish that off. So when do we need to hear God's voice? We need to hear it daily. Yes. Man should not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. We need to hear it when we're making decisions. We need to hear it when we're looking for direction. You see, listen, if I'm going to a particular part of London that I'm unfamiliar with, what do I do? I look before, I would look at the A to Z and I would get my route mapped out. Now I put in the postcode in my um, sat-nav or GPS, whichever you prefer to use, and that will take me there. Now the thing is, if I'm going into Lazelle's in Birmingham, I don't need a sat-nav. Why? Because I've been there so many times. Can you see? And I only need it when I'm moving into the unfamiliar, 
when I'm moving beyond the familiar, when I'm moving beyond that place where I've made so many decisions regarding that, that I don't need God to speak in such clarity as he did the first time. You see, and so often we're trying to get God to keep speaking to us. And what he says is, no, first the blade, then the ear, then the full corn. What's that mean? He wants us to grow up and be fruitful. And so here what we do is we put that word into our heart, just like we would put information into our lives in order to get us to places when God has moved you somewhere, when he has helped you to make a decision is that now you have a resource of making godly, spiritual, wise decisions based upon what God has said to you. Do you understand? See, this is when God speaks. And it's not always the time. This is your heavenly father calling. You know, where's that? You know, it's not like that. And so often that's what we're looking for. And if God were to speak to you like that, he would scare you spitless. That is your mouth would be dry. You wouldn't be able to spit. Can you see? And yet that's what we're expecting. You know, you listen to these people throughout scriptures and God speaks in ways, in diverse ways and in various ways. He's not conditioned to one way. But in these last days, he's spoken to us by his son. Hallelujah. Why? Because at the tomb, he can speak to Lazarus in one way. When he's talking to Simon Peter's mother-in-law, he ministers in another way. When he's speaking to a woman who's just lost his son, he speaks to her in another way. When he's talking to the Pharisees and the religious leaders, he's speaking to them in another way. When he's talking to the money changers, well, he doesn't even speak. He just picks up a whip. Can you see, in these last days, he has spoken to us by his son. So what do we need to do? We need to get to know the master's voice. Hallelujah. That's prophetic for this region. Did you know that over the last weekend, they've just opened one of the hugest master's voice in Birmingham. They say that there's um, 11, is it, tennis courts of just material in terms of sound and songs and all of that. It's there. Listen, I believe that's prophetic for this region. God has given us our voice back. And it's not coming from Westminster. It's coming from the heart of our nation. That's why we need stirring. Do you understand? That's why we're coming to the stirring. And so here, give me some time this morning. I've come back full. So there's direction. And there's also then destiny words. See, when do we need to hear God's word? Daily decisions, direction, destiny. And listen, you don't need, you don't need to speak, hear God speak to you every single word of your destiny. Why? Because it says, all the days ordained for me was written in a book before one of them came to be. So if you want to know what God has for you today, read his book. 
move into, listen, I'm trying to really help you this morning, move into that realm of the Spirit where you have access, and I believe this with all my heart, that you have access to the library rooms of heaven where there are rooms full of your destinies of people. Rooms that are full of the destinies of nations, of regions. And we need to familiarize ourselves with the destiny of the peoples and places and um, ages of the past so that we can connect with it in the present so we can help it move into the fullness in the future. But all of these things are there. This is our bread and butter for people at Revival Fires. I'm just trying to help you this morning. And so here we need to hear God speaking to us. We can't get beyond hearing God's voice speaking to us. And it comes just like, you know, with Elijah, the still small voice. He wasn't in the wind. He wasn't in the earthquake. It was the still small inner voice of the Spirit speaking to him saying, what are you doing here, Elijah? Do you understand? And so here there are times when God will speak when he's making us come into a new place of change. Do you need God's voice? Then you're in a place of change. Hallelujah. See, that's why I'm here for you this morning, to really help you. And so here, do you know it talks of John? John was a voice. They couldn't quite work John out. Some of you can't work me out at times, I know. And, but John, they couldn't quite work John out. They said, well, John, who are you? are you? Are you a prophet? He said, no. Are you Elijah? No. Then who are you? And he said, I am a voice. Well, what is that? Well, I'm a voice calling out in the wilderness, make straight, uh, prepare a way for the Lord, make straight paths for Him. Can you see? That's what a voice does. When God gives you your voice, you're going to help to prepare a way for the presence of God to come, touch people's lives. We don't need a whole lot of teaching on evangelism. We just need to be a voice. Do you understand? Asking God who you're going to meet, who you're going to speak to today so that we can minister to them and allow them to step on a straight path so they can meet the Jesus who we meet. Come on. That is it. And so here, you know, with John, he's a voice. It says in I think it's Isaiah 28. It says that their voice has gone out into all the world. How beautiful on the mountains are the feet of them who bring good news, not evangelists. Did you hear what I said? See, God wants us to be communicators of good news, not evangelists. Because when you're a communicator of good news, you make bad news turn to good. See, we need to be those type of people. See, when God speaks, it isn't just for you, it's also for someone else. I'm just looking at the time. And so here, as we come, Jesus says, my sheep know my voice. 
You see, there is something of the wonder of his presence. And we'll touch on that in a moment from Samuel. You see, it's not about setting your clock in order to meet with God on six o'clock on a Monday morning or whenever it is. And listen, I have no problem with discipline. I have no problem at all of getting up at a certain time and um, reading or praying or listening to worship. I have no problem with that whatsoever. But you see, we have to get back to the place of just being taken up with the wonder of the presence of Jesus. Let me tell you that. So he speaks to us. And you see, we can't know, we don't know the word of power until we know the wonder of his presence. See, some of us are wanting the word of power, but we don't spend time with the wonder of his presence. Let me tell you, it will never come. It will never come. See, get the wonder of his presence and his word of power will speak. And when it speaks, it will be so incredibly specific that whatever you're going through, it just opens up a way where there is no way. Do you remember? You see, all these things, you see, we, we get so caught up with the spectacular. And listen, just the wonder of his presence, it's as spectacular as it gets. Yeah. It really is. Just being in his presence and allowing that sound to go up within you where you know God is speaking, let me tell you, it is wonderful. It really is. Whether there's audible, whether there's flashes from heaven, and listen, I've had it all, but there is something that supersedes all those and it's just this wonder of being in his presence. And you know he's there and he's looking at you. Or you, you feel his word inside you reverberating. Yeah. And when you hear it, can you see? It just does something to you. And then God speaks and his word carries power. Yeah. It really does. And the situation that you're in, you hear God say, Moses, what have you got in your hand? God speaks. But you see, you have to do something. Throw it down. But that's all I've got. Yes, but that's all you've got. But if you don't do what I ask you to do, that's all it will ever be. But throw it down. And I will do something with it that you, the likes of which you have never seen. And then there comes a point when there is no way. God says to Moses, Moses, stand still and see the salvation of your God. Now lift up your rod. Yeah. Oh, that one that I threw down. Yes, the one that you threw down. The one that you didn't want to let go of. Now pick up your rod and hold it over. And as you hold it over, the waters will part. Can you see? That's how it happened. It wasn't... The waters will pass. You know, it wasn't Charlton Heston, was it? You know? With all of that, he just lifted up his rod. But that rod 
was now carrying power because Moses knew his presence. Hallelujah. Come on, give him praise this morning. So, let me bring this, let me bring it to a finish from Samuel chapter 3. I knew I was going to get there. You didn't, but I did. And so it says here, one night, Eli, whose eyes were becoming weak, that he could barely see, was lying down in his usual place. See, I believe there's something that God is saying to us, it's time to get out of the usual places. Because if you don't get out of the usual places, God will not be able to make the changes that he wants to bring us into. And that's the same for me as it is for you. Now, I listened, as I read this, you see, it's it's not the young... See, when you're young, you change easily. Move different places all over the place. Go anywhere. When you get older, and I'm speaking to you now as one who's a little bit older than I was, that what happens is you begin to pick up the trappings of the usual. Whatever those can be. And I'm not talking about comforts. See, Eli picked up the trappings of the usual. He knew how to light the lamp. He knew how to prepare the sacrifice. He knew how to fill the laver bowl with water. He knew how to light the fire on the incense table. He knew how to put the bread in place. Listen, I'm not talking about I'm not talking about stuff that is, you know, just um, comforts. This was ministry. But you see In doing it all, he could now do it with his eyes closed. Do you ever feel like that on a Sunday? You could do worship with your eyes closed. Let me tell you, that's because it's become usual. There is no expectation in you for God to do something different. And at times... God wants to do something different. And do you know how he does it? He stirs up that youthful spirit in us again. Not just the young. You know, for those of you 50 or over, he stirs up that youthful spirit. How does he do that? It says he renews our youth like the eagles. See, that's why I know that. See, I didn't need a word from God I just needed to know what he does and how we can renew the eagle's flight feathers so that it can soar again and in soaring he is able to sustain his life. See, in soaring in the spirit we'll sustain our spiritual life. We will keep the eyes of the eagle glistening within us so that we see prophetically what God has for us. Some of you need to hear that. And so here, it says he was lying down in the usual place. The lamp of God had not yet gone out, and Samuel was lying down in the temple of the Lord, where the ark of God was, and the Lord called to Samuel. Hear hear that. The Lord called to Samuel. See, where you position yourself will determine whose voice you hear. 
It, it really will. Where you position yourself, where you position yourself this week, where you position yourself in your daily walk with God will determine whose voice you hear. You see, Eli wasn't running around the clubs of his day. He was in his usual place. He had found a place. And it wasn't inside the place where the Shekinah glory came. Maybe he'd become used to it, but he wasn't there. And so he was in his usual place, but Samuel was breaking all of the rules. See, God is a rule breaker. And the breaking the rules was this. It was only the high priest who was allowed to go in to where the ark of God was. Only, and once a year. Samuel got in there every day. Do you understand? He broke all the rules and yet he wasn't killed. He didn't go in with blood once a year. He just went in and lay in the temple of the Lord where the ark was. See, presence. That's all that speaks to us of. See, what is your relationship with Jesus like this morning? See, what, what about God's presence? The God and Father of our Lord Jesus, his presence. See, he was in that rarefied atmosphere. But it was an atmosphere that even Eli had access to. But he'd let his eyes become dim. It no longer had, he no longer had the vision for that intimate place of presence. And so his life was just, Lived in a usual way. He could do ministry. You may be here this morning. You can do ministry. You can do life group leading. You know, you can do um, core team leading. You can, you can do pastoring a church or leading a ministry. You can do all of those things. But does it carry presence? Because that's the key. Is it the usual stuff? Or is there freshness and so here as you find it says where you position yourself will determine whose voice you hear see you can't go to the usual places to the unusual places while you stay in the usual places see what have you become familiar with in your own personal life now what have you become familiar with even in your marriages you can become familiar and in that place of familiarity, then what happens is that spark of romance has gone. You live together. There's no question of getting divorced. You nailed that one the day you got married. But what happens is instead of that sense of romance is what's happened, it's moved over into companionship. Do you know what I mean? Now listen, you can have both. You can have both. But it's when we give up the one for the other. And when you do, it just becomes a friendship. The spark's gone. And see, I believe that there are things that God wants to touch. Now how do you get back to that place of romance again in your marriages? Spending time. 
turning off, as they used to call her, Evil Edna. I'm, I'm sorry, if there's an Edna here. I once said that in Sharon's home, only to realize that Sharon's mom's name was Edna. You know? In, uh, see, but you become familiar. You come in, turn on the news, turn on this, turn on that, sit down, and even to the point where you hardly say anything. You know? It was wonderful this morning. I was preparing in my study at home, and Sharon came in, and she came in with a cup of coffee. It was our second cup of coffee, I must tell you this. I'd made the first one. But she came in with a second cup of coffee and also she'd gone beyond that and she brought also um, two slices of toast with marmalade. Not from the fridge. But some of you remember that one. And, um, and then she came over and she gave me a kiss. Can you see? That was at up past six this morning. Come on. Can you see? Listen, don't allow things to become familiar. It, it will kill you. It will kill everything around you. It really will. It will cause your eyes to be so dim that you can hardly see who's around you. That's what happens. And so here, you see, I was watching the, um, I was watching the uh, gymnastics yesterday. And they were doing the pole, the um, the vault, particularly the women's uh, was happening. I mean, just incredible. And and as they were doing the vault, they did two vaults, and then they do an average score of the two vaults. And um, and so even if they've scored a high vault, it brings it down. If they've scored a low, uh, if they've scored a high vault first and then they score a low vault, what it does, it brings the high vault down and lifts the low vault up, average. I looked at that when that was happening and I'm thinking, first of all, I thought there's nothing average about what these girls are doing. <laughs> that was the first thing I realized. And then I realized that how often we just want to try and bring everyone down to a level of average and not to excelling. See, I believe that God wants you to excel. And that happens when you're in his presence. See, the wonder of presence before the word of power. And so here, who you relate to will determine what you hear. Instruction you um, give and the revelation you receive is connected to the relationships that you honor. You see... Samuel didn't understand it was God speaking. See, so, so even though Eli, his eyes are dim, he's in the usual place, can you see there's still something that's burning in him? And what happens is this, that when Samuel wants to understand, you see, he didn't yet know the voice of the Lord. See, you may be here this morning and you may be hearing me speaking and say, oh, Trevor, if only I could understand more the voice of the Lord. Let me tell you, you're in the right place to understand God speaking to you. You really are. And sometimes we don't know, just like 
Samuel, for him, he thought it was Eli talking. And he goes to Eli and says, did you speak? And Eli says, no, I didn't speak, but go and lie down again. And you know the story, it happens three times. But he keeps going back, why? Because the relationships that you have will release the revelation that you need. Do you know the one thing that really troubles me with all this um, dating, internet dating and all the rest of it? That if you look back over the annuals of time, most people marry someone within three miles of their home or three miles from their place of work. What does that speak of? Relationship. God has already put them in your sphere of influence. Forget all the stuff that the internet will give you. They will promise you the world, particularly you ladies. Men on the internet will promise you the world. And in the end, you will be skinned as they take everything from you and then leave you. And then you have all the shame of seeing your friends and family that you showed them the man that was going to be the dream of your life who just disappeared. Can you see? Listen, all of this is so important for us. And so for us, we need to hear God's voice. When God speaks, see the relationships that you now have will bring the revelation that you need. Honor those relationships. Foster them so that when you're in a place and you don't know who is speaking, you don't understand the voice of God, that you can go to those people who have an understanding of how God speaks. And with that, can you see, we run around here, there and everywhere. The internet's full of it. um, Wiki, Wikipedia. You've got Wikipedia, you've got Google. It tells you everything. But do you know what? No intimacy of relationship. You don't know what their lifestyles are like. And they're trying to, and you'll go there to try and sort your life out. You go there to try and sort your business out. You don't know that they've been bankrupt, that they've squandered all their money, that they've you know, um, cause other people to go bankrupt, that they deal and handle finance in an ungodly way. And just because they wrote a book on how to prosper, you think that it's God's word for you. Let me tell you, God wants to speak to you. Focus on the relationships that you have. Because that will determine the instruction that you hear. Do you understand? And we all need instruction. Last point and then I'm done. When there is a transferring of anointing and a developing of a new ministry. And there may be some of you here, God is just causing change on a big level to come into your life. I want to speak to you for a moment. During those times, you don't do anything until God is spoken and you hear his voice clearly. You see, God was about to take the ministry of priesthood 
from Eli's family that were Levites and he was about to bring it onto Samuel whose family weren't Levites. And so when that happened, there needed to be a clear word from God. And so here, when that clear word came, it was in order to bring about a transference of anointing and a change in terms of ministry. I believe Peter DeFin came here and brought a word to us because we were changing from what we'd been doing for 21 years to changing to do something else. Listen, I do not know if the stirring is one week, 10 weeks, 100 weeks, 20 years, I don't know. But I know this, that's God's word to us. Now, I can choose not to listen to the instruction and just continue, or I can choose to listen to it and allow God to cause a transference of anointing, which will all increase, and also to develop a ministry that wasn't there before. And so here, when there is this transference of anointings and ministries, God will always speak clearly. And when he says to Samuel the second, he says, go and sit down, go and lie down again. And when he speaks this time, can you see? Relationship with instruction. When he speaks this time, say, your servant, speak, Lord, because your servant is listening. See, and with that, something changes. See, there was a clear word that God spoke. Do you remember when Joshua was leading the people into the promised land? What did God do? The angel of the Lord, the captain of the Lord of hosts showed up. Why? Because there was a change taking place. There was a change from Moses to Joshua. They were no longer going to see the cloud anymore. They were no longer going to pick up manna anymore. There was a major change taking place. And because there was a major change taking place, they had to wait for the now word of God. And the now word of God, when it came, was this. You have not walked this way before. Now tell the priest to go a thousand cubits ahead of you and when they enter into the water, the waters of the Jordan will part. Totally different. Totally different instruction. Why? Because we can't depend on the usual ways. And you can go through all of Scripture and you can find when God is about to change something, there is a clear word from God. Why? Because we haven't been there before. We haven't got, we haven't got a blueprint. We haven't got the instructions imprinted on our hearts. God is about to say something different. And it says then, and it says that Samuel didn't yet know the word of the Lord. But it goes on. And it says, because the word of the Lord had not yet been revealed to him. I've said enough. Maybe next week I'll finish. But where are you today? I've touched on numerous things. I said numerous, not humorous. And I feel that God wants to speak. 
But for him to speak, we have to get out of our usual place. That's all. And we have to allow God to quicken our spirits again. Maybe that you're here this morning and you've never heard that internal voice of God. Jesus said, my sheep know my voice. And to know that inner voice, you just need to open your heart up to the Lord Jesus. Jesus, I come to you this morning to open my heart because I want you to be part of my life. That's all you have to do. And you know what? He will do it. On the 4th of October, 46 years ago, that's all I did. I opened my heart to the Lord Jesus. And he has continued to speak for 46 years. See, that's what he will do for you. And so if you're here this morning and you're wanting to open your heart to the Lord Jesus, can I ask everybody to just bow their heads? Because it's important for when God speaks to you that we stop all the distractions. That's all I want you to do this morning. And if you're wanting to open your heart for God to speak into your life, I want you to lift up your hand. Just raise one hand. Anyone here this morning? Don't allow, thank you, anyone else? Don't allow this moment to pass you by. Okay, you can put your hand down now. Listen, you may be here this morning and for you, you just know you've got stuck in familiar places. The usual place. And you're saying, God, I just need to, I just need to break out of this place that I'm in. Yes, my spiritual eyes have become dim. <laughs> I don't see you like I once saw you. And I want to move back to the unusual places of your presence. And if that's you, can you raise your hand? Because I want to pray for you. Thank you, Lord. Any others? Thank you, Lord. And if you're facing a major change in your life, just raise your hand. Okay, thank you, Lord. Now, for all those who've raised their hand, I just want you to stand, can you? Whatever area it was, I want you to stand. See, we're not on our own. Look around. You're not on your own. But I believe that God wants to so touch your heart today when God speaks. He wants to quicken his voice within you. And for all those who've just stood up, I want you to come and just join me down here. I'm coming down here now. Just come and join me. Because I'm going to pray for you. And we'll spend some time then ministering and praying for you with the ministry team. Those who are in the um, prayer time, if you're part of the ministry team, you couldn't be there. I'm going to ask you to join us because there's a lot of people this morning just need to hear God speaking. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah.
Yeah. Let's just pray together. I'm going to pray a prayer and I'm going to ask you to just repeat this prayer. And then after that, I'm going to pray for everyone. And then people here who are part of the ministry team are just going to begin to spend time praying for you. So let's pray together. I'm going to ask everyone else, can you stand together with us? I'm going to ask you to pray this prayer together with them. And that is that you're just adding your voice to their prayers. So just pray this, Lord Jesus, I open my heart to you. I ask you to speak to me as I invite you in afresh. Give me life that comes from hearing your word. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen.